0: Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you.
1: This afternoon I have a very uh, important Uh, Easter message, and I've entitled it, Manifesting Resurrection Life and Power. And the key word there is manifesting. Manifesting Resurrection Life and Power. Uh, This is, Easter is the time where all the world, whether they believe in Jesus or not, are forced to acknowledge uh, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every round of the world, all financial institutions are closed down, you know, uh, you're forced to acknowledge it. And the truth about the matter is that it's because it's a reality and it was wrought by uh, God, uh, it's it's a divine thing. So it goes beyond man. This has persisted for the last two cent- uh, millennia. You know, Jesus he was raised from the dead about, you know, um, um, 033. You know, uh, we call it AD now because everything revolves around his birth. So every time is divided into two before Christ and after Christ. And in particular... Uh, the truth of the resurrection is the heart of Christianity. No resurrection, no Christianity. Some Christians do not appreciate that fact as they ought. And that is why, you know, um, they live the way they do. Like, we've, in actual fact, we've been teaching... Yes, thank you, Jesus. We've been teaching in recent It so happens within planet, you know. Right now, in my Bible teaching in church, I we're still we're going to finish First Corinthians 15 probably next week, and that is the chapter of the resurrection. And the Apostle Paul said there he was writing to born again Christians, spirit filled, tongue talking Christians, and some of them were saying there is no resurrection. Others who knew it didn't understand it. And that's why he wrote that you know, uh, uh, epistle, uh, that chapter 15 in particular, and zeroed in on the reality of the resurrection. So the reality, uh, the resurrection is a reality. Let's just bow to pray for a minute. Father, we thank you for your presence in our midst. Thank you for again fulfilling your word inhabiting the praises of your people as you have done today as we have ministered unto you as we enter the word i humble myself afresh under your mighty hand i pray for fresh unction and anointing so i will speak indeed as i should as an oracle of god i further pray that lord you will put the same unction and anointing upon the ears and the hearts of everybody who will hear me including myself So that Lord God, uh, the word will flow freely from you through me to your people to do an internal and eternal work in all of our hearts. Causing our wills in particular to become more humble. Minds to be more enlightened with revelation knowledge. Emotions to be more tempered and controlled by the power of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I further pray as I speak that the power of the Holy Spirit be released in great as well as in sufficient measure to back these words and follow them wherever they are heard and release it all the earth. Yes, power that will heal, power that will deliver, power that will break yokes, power that will free men so that they will become doers of the things that they hear and on hearers only. I further pray for mercy to be faithful, that indeed I will deliver the word with precision. I will redeem the time and say only what you want me to say bringing out the treasure of this word, things new and old, as a scribe instructed unto the kingdom, in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And all those in agreement with me, receiving all the blessings I mentioned in that prayer, in their individual lives, all individually agreed and said, Amen. The resurrection is the heart of Christianity. No resurrection, no Christianity. And that is what, differentiates you know christianity from all the other religions see religion is however sincere is man's way of trying to get to know god he invents his own you know designs and all of that based on things he sees in nature that's why you see them doing all kinds of funny images of god you know which God said they shouldn't do, but, you know, they do it because they think, well, let me try. Even in in, in Yoruba uh, culture, you know, we have, uh, we believe in Elidumari, which is the most high God. Uh, uh, And then we also believe in all these other little deities because we feel he's too busy and he's too big. So we can't go to him directly. So we have to go through him through some of these uh, uh, deities, you know. And the Bible says in time of ignorance, God winked. You know, God looked at the hearts you know where there was an honest heart you he, he, you know he was able to interact with them to a limited degree but the christianity the resurrection of the lord jesus christ separates christianity from every other religion there is no religious leader in history up till now no philosopher Aristotle and Plato and, and you know Archimedes and all the great Greek philosophers, the, this, the, the Greek mythology of all their gods like Hercules and all of these things. None of them has ever risen from the dead. Let's give all the super clap off. No religious leader. That's what puts Jesus in a class by himself. And the reason is very simple. He is God. <laughs> and they are not God. <laughs> and so we, we must treasure this truth and reality of the resurrection. The resurrection power wrought by God in raising the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead is what gets us born again. Uh, you find this in 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse 3. I'm just going to hit it running, you know, because this is not the meat of my message. I just, you know, this is kind of introduction. And, uh, and, 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 and the Bible says, we were born again, you know, unto a living hope by the resurrection. That's how, when there's no resurrection, you don't get born again. And what, you need to understand the spiritual dynamics of what took place on the resurrection. And this comes by revelation. I can say it to you in fact, you know recent times I've given you you know some um, um animations, you know illustrations, but that's all they are they're illustrations of reality, of course, but you must have a personal revelation of it inside you. That's how I got those things you know i I got them because I had a picture in my heart because I got it by revelation, like Paul said. He said, the gospel I preach, I preach not after man. I, yet not I, but the grace of God which is with me, I got it by revelation. And uh, let me just take a short detour here. What is revelation? Revelation is knowledge that God shines into the human heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. But for that light to enter our conscious mind, our wills need to be open to God. That's where humility, honesty, humility, fear of God become crucial. Without that, that's why it says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. If you don't have the honesty and humility of heart and the fear of God, your heart, the, 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 the uh, door between your spirit and your soul will be locked. There's a demarcation between the spirit and the soul. And that demarcation, the, the, the access to get through that demarcation is the, is the human will. So when your will is open, then the light can shine. When light shines from your spirit into your mind and brings you information, that information is revelation because it did not come through the other avenue through which your mind gets information, which is your five physical senses, which we call sense knowledge. This is not original with me. We, we learned this from the great man of God uh, EW Ken, let's give EW Ken a super clap offering. Most of us will not be sitting here today if not for EW Kenyon. That's the truth about the matter, you know. Uh, if you didn't hear him, you heard somebody who heard him. You know, people like Kenneth hagen and John G. Lake, they all heard, you know, and F.F. F. Bosworth, they all heard. Some of this generation doesn't know these guys because most of them are dead and they've gone to heaven. But many of the people you see running around today, they were just kids. You know, and, and most of them, they learn from these men and then, but they, he, le- they learn from E.W. Kenyon. In our generation, when I say generation, the last 100 years, 100, 200 years, uh, after John Wesley's revival in England in the 1700s, the next major move of God was the Pentecostal movement, which came about 1900. E.W. Kenyon, even though initially he wasn't a Pentecostal, but he was he was born in 1867, just after the American Civil War, and he got born again when he was in his teenage years or early 20s, and then he began to get revelation and he began to write these things down. You know, so revelation is light that God brings not from your physical senses, it's not knowledge you get by studying and by you know going to school. And doing experiments in the laboratory, you know, which is the normal avenue of knowledge. But it now, it's the Holy Spirit from inside that now shines light, knowledge, understanding, wisdom into your mind. And then you begin to understand things you ordinarily would not understand. Now, this is what happened on resurrection day. I speak by revelation. Jesus... Second person of the Godhead was, became a man, you know, and then he died on the cross. And I, I, I thank, you know, uh, Pastor Andrew and the other people who organized this today. Because th- showing those clips, you know, was, it had a great effect. You see, they there's, uh, say there's a picture is worth a thousand words. You know, that movie, uh, this, is, this is The Passion of Christ, good. You know, it came out some many years ago, maybe about 15, 20 years ago, you know. Um, but I will tell you something. You know, today is Easter Sunday. If you don't want to watch a movie today, watch that one. I'm serious. You know, because it's, it's the closest that denotes the reality of what happened that day. I think the reality was even worse. <laughs> but at least they tried. You know, it, was not, it wasn't the picnic you know, that, that what we were seeing was when he was being, when, when Pilate said, I will scourge him. So that was when he was being whipped. That's not, we didn't even see the resurrection. We didn't see the crucifixion. All we saw was the whipping. And you can see how much blood was on the floor. You know, and how much blood, you know, by, after that, they cleaned him up, put his clothes back on him, then they put a crown of thorns on his head. So he started bleeding from the head. He was already bleeding from the back. It was in that condition they took him to Pilate, and then, you know, uh, Pilate wanted to free him. Then they shouted and said, you know, uh, anybody who says he's a king is, is an enemy of Caesar. And Pilate didn't want to get in trouble with Augustus, so he, he took water and washed his hands. He says, I'm innocent of the blood of this man, because the man is innocent. Then he gave them up to be, to be crucified. It was from there, they now took him to uh, uh, Golgotha, you know, where he was actually crucified. That's where our Catholic brethren, get this uh uh practice of the stations of the cross that is all the places where he stopped you know well you know at least it's all commemorating jesus so let's give the lord a clap offering for our catholic brethren amen you know the heart is right they want to you know honor him and all of that and it was it wasn't a picnic he was so weak he couldn't carry that cross and the centurion, who was very experienced, because he had crucified hundreds of people, he knew that if this man, he would die before we get there. So he now found a black man from, from Libya, you know, of Cyrene, and got that man to carry the cross for Jesus, you know, because Jesus, he'd lost so much blood, you know, he was very weak, you know. So that, the, 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 the what's the guy's name again? Of Simon, yes, Simon of Cyrene, you know, and he, he carried the cross up to Golgotha. Then when they got to Golgotha, that was when they now put him, and then they nailed his hands and all of that. But the point I want to make is this. So when on the cross, he not only died, and this is crucial, and that's why the song, the choir sung, written by David Ingalls, Jesus was the first person to be born again, is so important on a day like this. On the cross, Jesus died twice. He died spiritually, and then he died physically. That's why he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? How did he die spiritually? He lost eternal life. He had Zoe in his spirit. He has always been connected to God. But because... Our sin was laid upon him. Spiritually, he was temporarily cut off from God. That's why I said, my God, my God. And all the Zoe, all the life of God that was in his spirit was completely drained out. And that was how he became sin. He he died spiritually. So when he now died physically at three o'clock, about three o'clock in the afternoon... All, all, the, all the, uh, 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 the atmosphere, the sun withdrew its, 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 its light. From 12 in the afternoon, when they crucified him, about that 12, till 3 o'clock for three hours, there was darkness over the face of the earth. Like E.W. Kenyon said so graphically, I can never forget it. Even though I read these books 40 years ago, he said, creation went into the morning. I like that. You know, the creation, the son, the, because they were all made by Jesus. So when they saw what was happening to their creator, they just, they, they, just they, they took a break, praise the Lord. They went into mourning. And that darkness, during that time, Jesus was dying spiritually. Then at, when he was now dead spiritually, completely say my god my god why have you forsaken me that's a point at which he was cut off from god then uh uh, uh 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 he then died physically and gave up the ghost when his spirit left his body because it didn't have zoe in it the life of god and he was cut off from god it went to where people who don't have the life of god go it went to hell It's not just the grave. It's not just a physical grave. He went down to hell. The Bible says, thou art not leave my soul in hell. Neither will I suffer thy holy one to see corruption. His physical body didn't see, it didn't rot. You know, that's what that means. But the point I'm making here is that it went to hell. He went to hell. And he was there not for five minutes. He was there the whole of that Friday afternoon from three o'clock to six o'clock the, the the sun came back by 3 o'clock, you know. Then the normal thing goes, you know, it went 6 o'clock in the evening. Then darkness came. Then he was there all of Friday night, all of Saturday morning, uh, night and morning, and afternoon and evening and night. Then he was there early Sunday morning. That is from 12 midnight till maybe about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, that's why we call it the, you know, the fourth watch. You know, Then, somewhere we're not exactly sure of the exact time, but sometime after 3 a.m. in the morning of Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit went to hell and injected the life of God back into Jesus' spirit. So, Jesus now became the first person to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Jesus was the first person to get born again. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's why he's the firstborn from the dead. Are you listening to me? This is revelation. I saw all these things 40 something years ago by inside here. It was like watching a movie, you know, by revelation. You know, I heard people talk about it, but I got a personal revelation of it. So Jesus was now, he, he was, he, you know, he was raised from the dead. And when he was raised from the dead, all the uh, agents of the devil, the principalities and powers, that's why I said he made a show of them openly. He, 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 he pushed them from himself with the power of the Holy Spirit that was upon him. He spoiled principalities and powers. He took from Satan the keys of death and hell. Oh, give the Lord another clap offering. It's reality. There was a fight. There was a fight in hell. And Jesus won that fight. That was a victorious. Hallelujah. The Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And he, Satan, watch this. Satan did not willingly give up the keys of death and hell. He didn't didn't hand it over to Jesus. It was taken from him. For the violent take it by force. Glory to God. Woo! Oh! hallelujah. And then he jumped across the divide because there was a divide between hell and Abraham's bosom. All the spirits that have died from Adam till the time Jesus died, when they died, the righteous, because Jesus hadn't paid the price, they could not go to heaven. So they were temporarily kept in a place in the lower parts of the earth, but it wasn't a place of suffering like hell, you know. Where it's called Abraham's bosom, that's where the the rich man who died. That's where he was on the other side. He was in hell. Then he saw Lazarus on the other side. It was Jesus? That was not a parable. It was it was a reality. Jesus, there was a certain rich man. So anyway, so Jesus jumps across to the other side. He preaches to the spirits in prison. All these Old Testament guys, you know, from Adam to to. Uh, um, 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 Enoch and, and, and Noah and all of them, you know, Abraham, everybody. He preached to them, you know, that I am the Messiah, I'm the one who's come. They believed in him, they got them born again. Hallelujah. And then he led captivity captive and took them unto heaven. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, how does all that concern you? This is what it concerns you. When Jesus was raised from the dead, when the Holy Spirit injected divine life and resurrection life back into Jesus' spirit, when Jesus was raised from the dead, you and I were also raised together with him. Let, let me explain it in a, in a way you can really understand. Jesus raised from the dead. He is raised now, second person of the Godhead, when he, when he was a man, he was stripped of his divine attributes. He was not omnipotent, he was no longer omniscient, and he was not omnipresent. All that divine power was kept in trust by the other two persons of the Godhead for him in heaven. So when he was now raised from the dead, he was raised with all of that resurrection, life, and power. So that from that minute or second where have they been raised from the dead, anybody who believes in him will be grafted into him like a branch is grafted into the vine. And that same resurrection life and power will enter that person's spirit and get him born again. That is why you are born again by the resurrection. Hallelujah. Without the resurrection, you can't be born again. Are you listening to me? It's crucial you understand and you must have a clear picture of it in your mind. When you now get born again through the resurrection, that resurrection life and power will have an effect on your life. It will change, firstly, your character from a, the, 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 from a satanic character, a sin nature, to a righteous nature. That's when you have to get born again, you change. You don't want to sin anymore. You don't want to... It to me, you know, so I know. You know, you don't want to sin anymore. Things you used to like, you don't like them anymore. You know, I I was surprised at myself. I said to myself, I said, ah, this is born again thing. Because it actually happened to me during my youth call. I just, I just, I went for three days. I didn't smoke. I I didn't even have a desire to, you know. Then all the things, I used to go to nightclub and pray and sing and, you know, and all of those things. All those things, you know, with girls and all of that. All of that just, (laughs) I didn't like it anymore. You know, I still went to a few parties, but I would just sit down. I won't do things boys do anymore, you know. And I was say, what's wrong with you? I said, no, nothing. I'm just, you know, just thinking about life, <laughs> which I was, you know. Well, but the truth about the matter is that when you truly get born again, it changes the nature from a sin nature to a righteous nature, and it affects, begins to affect change in your desires, change in your conduct, you know, and all of that. That's why a lot of so-called born again today, I doubt Kenneth Hagin brought this truth out many years ago and he said that what they have is not, is not, uh, uh, it's not the new birth but what they had is um, mental assent. He got that from John Wesley. I mean, was, uh, you, know, you know people go to church every Sunday and they say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in Jesus. But they don't get born again. You can have, watch this, you can have knowledge in your head that has not been enlightened from life in your spirit. That's mental knowledge. It won't get you born again. Mental knowledge and mental acknowledgement of these things will not get you born again. You need a spiritual birth. And that comes through travail. That's why you can do a crusade if there's not sufficient power of intercession behind it. The people will only have mental assent. You know, and then, you know, they, 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 that's why they don't, they don't stay born again. Brother Hagen brought this uh, uh, statistic out, this way back, you know, in the 70s. And I'm sure it's probably more true today than when he said it. He said that in the John Wesley, sorry, in the uh, Father Nash and uh, what's his name? That great guy, uh, Charles Finney, in his revivals, most of the people stay over 80% stayed born again. In the Pentecostal revival, less than 50% stayed born again. Why? Because in the Finney revivals, it was backed by intercession through uh, 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 um, Father Nash. They would go rent a hotel for two, three weeks with fasting. Maybe not total fast they probably eat one meal in a day. And just groan and travail. So, and then, you know, hundreds of people get born again. They stayed born again because they were born. As soon as Zion travail, she came forth. When they're not born, they don't stay born again. Just mental ascent. So the resurrection is what gets us born again. Now, the purpose of God is that this resurrection life and power that has now been injected into our human spirits spills out into our souls, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions and into our physical bodies. That's what we call manifestation of the sons of God. That is what is the witness, the proof, the evidence that Jesus was raised from the dead. How do you know? I mean, I wasn't there. I was not there 2,000 years ago. But don't let me even talk about Luby. Let me just put myself to the side. I'm a small boy. You know, let's talk about Paul. Paul was not there. Paul was, not, Paul was not with the apostles. He wasn't with John and Peter. Paul didn't see Jesus crucified. Paul was not amongst the 12 that saw him when he was raised from the dead. But when Paul got a revelation of Jesus on the road, of Damas- the road to Damascus and got born again and filled with the Holy Spirit and began to pray in tongues, he got a revelation. And Paul, even though he was not physically there, he understood the resurrection better than the people who saw it. That's why he wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He understood it better than the people who were there. Because he got it by revelation. So, the, re- the, 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 the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus is in the hearts and the lives of the people who believe in him. You see evidence you cannot deny. The, the, the characters of men change. They become righteous from a life of habitual sin then even in their physical bodies you know they began to speak in a supernatural language which they couldn't speak before i give you my testimony i i spoke in Aramaic. i didn't even know the, i didn't even know there was something called Aramaic. i had there was a guy who was my classmate you know roommate rather in imperial college he was a medical student he used to go on this um, um, different uh, tours you know so sometimes he's in the room sometimes he's not there you know i had about two or three roommates because i had a shared room you know so many of the guys it was a postgraduate hall so many of the guys who were sharing with me were were medical students so some you know they would come to the, so almost 75% of the time i was alone in the room but so sometimes a guy would come some guys would spend a month some guys would spend 3 months so this guy was one of them you know he was indian but he was half hebrew i didn't know that you know so he heard me speaking in tongues so he said what were you doing i said i'm speaking in tongues." he said where do you learn that from he said do you know any hebrew i said no he said you weren't even speaking he said, you were speaking aramaic i didn't know you know how how, how would i get aramaic as re- that is the evidence of the resurrection give Lord a lot of clap offering <laughs>
0: hallelujah thank you for listening to this podcast we believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies and articles available on our website SPCConline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.